0: Hey everybody, welcome here. I'm Lauren.
1: And I'm Mitchell.
0: And this is the Purpose Kitchen Pod. Okay, so we're back. We took a, I feel like a couple weeks off since our last recording.
1: Yeah, well we were ahead. We recorded a few yeah. in like two weeks. But yeah, it has been a few weeks since we recorded. Yeah. But only like a week since we posted a recording. Yeah,
0: I mean... It just got busy.
1: It got so. busy. Yeah.
0: I had exams and...
1: Lauren is hustling. Lauren's got like... She's got like kind of two jobs. And she's in school. Five courses. If you can believe it. And a lab you had. So like kind of like six. And then is like doing Purpose Kitchen stuff. Doing a podcast.
0: Yeah. So I fell a little bit behind uh, in the last couple of weeks. But I'm back. we're back. We're back.
1: We're back. Here we are. So...
0: Hopefully this goes smoothly. Pretty exciting news. Mitchell and I signed up to get our vaccines.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Got a vaccine.
0: We're really excited.
1: We're excited to be, uh, start the steps towards, you know, back to what it was like before COVID.
0: Yeah. So kind of exciting.
1: Okay. Today we're talking about camping.
0: Yeah. We just went.
1: We just went camping. It was really awesome. We went to Meditation Lake.
0: Yeah, we had a great time. We just went one night there, uh, backpacked in, a little hike in to set up camp in a forest.
1: Yeah, so we camped. It was great. Oh, but I forgot the propane stove.
0: Yeah, we unpacked all of our things and Mitchell looked at us and was like, Guys, I forgot the Coleman Grill. But he was smiling, so we just thought he was joking. He's like, no, I'm serious.
1: Because I knew everyone would think, because I would do that as a joke. I knew everyone thought it was a joke, and so I was trying to be like, I know they think I'm joking, but I'm actually serious. And so I was trying to be like, guys, like, I actually forgot it. But it was okay. We dug a little hole in the ground to build a safe fire. And uh, then we, we cooked it over there. And we had some great You know, we had some great meal plans. One thing we actually talked about doing was like uh, a Purpose Kitchen camping meal series. You know, like here's some foods you could make camping over a fire.
0: Yeah. I didn't think we were going to be able to eat any of the food, the warm food that we brought without your grill. But it was cool to see that we could make it all super easily over a fire.
1: Yeah. What did we have? We had some chickpea burgers. Yep. When we had, uh, for breakfast, we had banana pancakes. Or I guess, not like, we used banana flour to make gluten-free pancakes because, or the friends we were with, were ate gluten-free.
0: Yeah. So we made those over the fire and it all worked out okay. But next time, let's just remember the grill.
1: Yeah, that was my bad. Sorry. <laughs> it won't happen again. Um, but yeah, basically, we were camping, which uh, got us thinking about nature and then thinking about trying to keep it alive
0: yeah i think the craziest part to me is i mean i just brought my little backpack but mitchell had this like what was it like a 65 liter or something what was your
1: backpack? 70
0: oh sorry 70 liter backpack on his back filled with things that we needed i guess and then we had this huge wagon that we packed full of things we we're only going for one night so it was just it's funny to see how much stuff you rely on in your everyday life if you have to just pack it up for a night and bring it out into the middle of the forest.
1: Yeah, I mean, the wagon was full of stuff maybe we didn't totally need, but I'm always just... I just feel like you may as well enjoy yourself, you know? So, like, yeah, bring bring the stuff you need to, to have a good time, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: It all I once saw this, I don't know, like, miniseries called The Book of John Jay on Red Bull TV, which is... I never knew it existed. But anyways, this guy, John Jay, professional snowboarder, he does this one episode where he hikes up this mountain and he has like a huge bag like i don't even know what it is but it is massive and he packs in it like he's got like this huge coffee set up french press all this stuff and so many just i guess like luxury items that he took camping and when i saw that i was inspired and i was like that's how i want to be when i camp like i want to be like carrying a bunch of stuff that will just make me happy yeah which is basically just like coffee stuff
0: Uh, yeah i mean i i'm not much of an outdoorsy camper like that's just not who i am but it's fun i enjoy it and then when we got there our friends were like all right so like this is a test for the Manitario trail and i was like what and i'm like oh yeah you guys you guys have fun thinking that i don't know i didn't think i would be going on this but now apparently i'm being dragged on this like four day hike camping hiking trip
1: what are you even talking about they're like let's go in the Manitario and i literally watched you and you're like yeah that'd be great
0: no i <laughs> said you guys have fun
1: <laughs> at first and then you're like yeah i would go
0: yeah after thinking about it but i don't know i don't know
1: you could definitely do it maybe i know you could you know you could too
0: camping like you guys having all that stuff on your back for even just like a 25 minute hike in just seems like so much work never mind like seven hours a day hiking
1: we were, we were a little bit extra you know we, with all your we stuff brought the extra padded mattress like i wouldn't have brought i don't think we would have brought some of that that other stuff if we knew we were walking any longer than like 25 minutes but we were there followed the golden rule of camping take out what you bring in and that is basically the inspiration to this podcast
0: yeah you actually studied in a course about this so mitchell's a pro on this topic
1: no i learned from a pro though uh yeah i took a course well yeah i guess i took a course on ecological economics which is really crazy um could get into that, but not, not for this podcast, but if you're into ecological economics, then, you know, scale, distribution, allocation. That's what we drilled every day. Scale, distribution, allocation. Anyway, this is a whole other thing. But we're talking about externalities. That's what the the point of this is, which are can be a little bit confusing to get your head around, but are also really important, especially when thinking about going camping, you know? Thinking about, like, what what does it mean to take out what we bring in what does it mean to make sure we're like leaving no waste and to care f- and be stewards of the environment it means to be aware of externalities so Lord, what tell what tell us like what what are externalities
0: they are basically the side effects of producing goods and services
1: yep and not all externalities are bad but for this broadcast we're talking about bad externalities which are also called negative externalities. So you might be, you know, if you take micro and macroeconomics, you're going to talk about goods and services, right? Those are things we hear a lot. Um, Maybe not so much what we talk about is the bads though, which would be negative externalities. But yeah, an example of a bad externality is greenhouse gases that lead to climate change. Most of the times when we talk about negative externalities, they're associated with greenhouse gases and fossil fuels. And so some of the negative externalities from those things would be like global warming, acid rain, water and air pollution, um, and even things like oil spills. Externalities is basically just the extra stuff that is not included in the price of a product.
0: But has like a negative impact on our environment or our world.
1: Totally. So when I was in this class, Ecological Economics, we read a textbook called Ecological Economics by Herman Daly and Joshua Farley, and their official definition, which might be useful, is uh, an unintended and uncompensated loss or gain in the welfare of one party resulting from an activity by another party. Um, so for people who want like a, the hard definition, there you go. But yeah, we often hear about politicians and environments talking about goods and bads. And so goods are products and services that we buy. Bads are negative externalities that are byproducts of either the production or consumption of goods.
0: So what's central here is the price of the goods, which includes, like, food, but does not include the cost of negative externalities, which is the bads. Not paying for externalities means that industries don't pay for the pollution, polluting of our air or destroying the environment or even our health in some cases. So you think of places like, like China who never see blue sky, right?
1: Yeah. That's actually really interesting, too, because... A lot of people are like pointing their fingers at China and they're like, they have so much pollution, but they're polluting in the process of producing the products we use. We've basically just outsourced our pollution, especially like Canada and the US. We've just outsourced our pollution to other places. India being another one, right? Just being like, oh, okay, well, you guys pollute your country producing products that we're going to consume, which is something I think we're going to get into later, a little bit of the injustice in these external costs um, and who is impacted the most, which you might have guessed it, is the people who are already marginalized, which is how things kind of, it's kind of the trend, you know? Right. Yeah. And so this gets crazy when industries get subsidies to pollute. Um, The negative external cost on our lives grows exponentially because there's an infusion of capital, even thinking about things like oil or coal. Um, When those companies are getting subsidized from the government, to continue doing those things, there's not really a system of checks to be like, oh, you guys should slow down because they're literally paying them to do more, you know? Um, But yeah, some things that we came across that were kind of interesting, what we heard was that the true cost of Big Macs could be like hundreds of dollars. um, And that was like, for us, seemed a little outrageous. Mm -hmm. So we found the source and it's from this book called The Value of Nothing by Raj Patel. I hope that's how you say his name.
0: Uh, Yeah, so he explains what would happen if we internalized the cost of a Big Mac. So this book is from 2009, so the current numbers would change in dollar values, I guess, now if if they were to rewrite it. But regardless, the results are the same. Patel explains that when the energy, greenhouse gas, soil degradation, and hidden health costs are accounted for in the production of Big Macs, that the true cost turns out to be around $200 per Big Mac. That sounds a little bit unrealistic, but the point is that the cost of a lot of things we love would become a lot higher if we internalized the cost.
1: Who is paying for these costs?
0: Our society as a whole.
1: That's crazy.
0: It is. Because, like, what about the people who aren't even participating in these costs?
1: Yeah, totally. When we have to pay to clean up environmental disasters, climate migration, and healthcare, we're ultimately paying the cost of externalities. Industries are polluting our future well-being and not paying for it. If we did pay for the true cost of a lot of products, we wouldn't be able to afford them. But a lot of people complain about uh, carbon taxes, and they think maybe there should be no carbon tax at all, or just corporations should be paying carbon taxes. What the carbon tax is trying to do is kind of account for the true cost, to try a little bit more to internalize a bit of the cost. And what's happening is people are complaining because they're like, gas prices have shot up have shot up uh, when people say it's unfair to pay the true costs. And that's really what's happening.
0: But then you kind of have to feel for those people who choose to ride the bus every day or take their bike to work or whatever, right? And they're paying these carbon taxes, whereas they're not buying gas because they don't need it.
1: Ultimately, everybody is paying. Yeah, and even if you're not paying, if you're a kid and you're not paying taxes, you're still paying to the extent that your environment is being impacted by pollution. And so we've got two more kind of examples of externalities. One of them is cigarettes.
0: David Robinson Simon explains that smoking cigarettes or even inhaling secondhand smoke causes a bunch of health problems. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimated that for each pack of cigarettes sold, it has an external cost of around $10 per pack. The external cost comes from the strain it puts on the healthcare system, meaning that if the external costs of smoking were truly internalized, each pack would cost an additional $10. Yeah. And they're already so expensive.
1: Yeah, you're already paying a bunch of taxes. And so that's including the taxes you're already paying. The taxes are really just disincentives to, to smoke, They're not even including these external costs.
0: That would be like, you'd be paying like $25 for a yeah. For a pack.
1: I I once worked with this guy. He recently moved to Canada as a newcomer, and he was saying how he quit smoking when he came to Canada just because it costs too much money. And he was like, "You didn't even realize like where I where he was from." He was saying he could get like a pack of cigarettes for like a dollar, and then you come here, and he was like, "I'm thinking like I'm every hour I work here, like I work an hour, that's a pack of cigarettes." So he was like, "I only really just can't afford to smoke." Yeah. Um. And so he was cranky a lot. <laughs> but I guess understandable, right? When you start to, to internalize costs, prices go up. And people people don't like that. Um, so, yeah, this Robinson Simon guy, he wrote a book called... What's his book called? Um, he wrote a book. Oh, Robinson Simon wrote the book Metonomics, uh, which is about the economics of basically food farming. Um, we'll just throw this in. Maybe this will be like, maybe we could do this one in two parts, or maybe we'll just drop this bomb and leave. But like we had mentioned earlier, like uh, food farming produces massive amounts of negative externalities to the point where just like the Big Mac, we probably could not afford a lot of foods we regularly eat if we internalize the cost to produce them. And even if you think about internalizing the cost of like crops, Okay, and then internalizing the cost of, like, using those crops to feed animals, to then farm, to then eat. It's a lot, um, which we could get into another time. Um, but he says that external costs are ultimately paid for by a lot of people. Well, he says that the external cost of smoking is ultimately paid for by a lot of people who don't smoke, which would be taxpayers or anyone on a premium health care plan. He's speaking from, like, a United States kind of context there. that kind of goes with what you were saying is everyone's paying the cost. Some people pay the cost more than other people.
0: Yeah. So the next question would be is who is really paying the price?
1: Yeah. I think it's the people who are already marginalized.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you come from a family with a higher income, chances are you're going to travel more, use more emissions just because you have that kind of freedom to do so.
1: Yeah. Totally. Someone who never flies in a plane, if you look at their ecological footprint or their fossil footprint, is obviously going to be a lot less because planes don't burn gasoline. They burn burn like jet fuel, which is a lot different than uh, the gas you put in your car. Totally. One thing I, I had to do this project for school and basically in my research, I found this stat that says the richest 86 families in Canada own more than the 11 million people combined. Um and the bottom ten percent of Canadian income income earners have more debt than assets. Um, do you want to talk about the?
0: Yeah. So in, environmental externalities often comes with the thought of environmental racism. So in North America. It's common that a waste disposal site are located in like a low income or minority neighborhood. This raises the question as to why are these waste disposal sites being planted in a lower income area rather than in the wealthier, which are typically white neighborhoods, which they're actually the ones who are typically generating greater masses of waste. So having these waste disposal sites in a low income neighborhood comes with health effects on these people who are already marginalized and the externality of consumption is enjoyed somewhere else.
1: Yeah, totally. Seems kind of crazy that like, you may live next to a garbage dump that is full of. Well, I guess it's like anyone who lives near it's like it's a bunch of waste that's not yours. But especially if that like that dump is bringing down the cost of the homes there, because of the waste from higher income areas that never even have to look at that part.
0: Yeah, but a lot of the time it's them buying like, like consuming products, right? And then that waste from the products go into the dump and they never see it again.
1: Yeah, totally. I think even like one thing uh, that I think is crazy too is a lot of our recycled material actually gets shipped away other places, like literally shipped on a ship.
0: Yeah, there's like a huge controversy with H&M because they take your clothes, like you can go and bring them clothes and then they'll give you maybe like a coupon or something for like a discount off of their clothes for bringing in your clothes. But it's been like proven that they're actually just throwing your clothes in the garbage. So like Or burning them. Yeah. And I think they're getting shipped off and just going in the garbage there. Which is crazy because they're like, bring us your clothes and we will reuse them or we will like do good with them, but they're just going right into your landfill. So
1: Yeah. That's super crazy.
0: So as taxpayers typically we buy into a garbage a company who will come and pick up your garbage and your recycling and they will dispose of it so it is internalizing the cost but if we were to externalize the cost that would be like us taking our garbage to our local park or forest and just dumping it there and now it would be like society's problem the earth's problem maybe animal's problem maybe they're eating it and they die and and get sicker
1: yeah totally i think that's a really good example of like this explaining it as like a side effect if all of a sudden you start dumping in the same spot, like we live by Birds Hill Park, and all of a sudden people start dumping their garbage there, the like as far as aesthetically, the park would be way less pleasing to walk through if you're walking through garbage. Well,
0: like you know when you're gonna walk through like a beautiful park and you see like a Tim Hortons cup on the ground, you're like, Why is that there? Who would do that? Why would someone not walk 30 feet to the garbage and throw it out?
1: Yeah, and wait, hold on a second. If you're the person dumping the Tim Hortons cup, like just hang just why can't you not just wait? I know. I to never throw understood it
0: out. that. As a kid, it would just like infuriate me when I would see someone throw something out the, garbage, out the window or whatever. Yeah. I don't get it. I I don't understand. I can't put it together. I could never imagine like really no window and just like throwing out cup
1: yeah, and that one never made sense to me either. It's like you don't have room somewhere else in your car for that, where you can just wait. Yeah. To throw it, throw it out, or recycle it. Say what you want about if, like, you know, maybe our waste disposal isn't the best it could be, but it. I think it's still better, better. than just chucking it wherever <laughs> totally. you want. Um
0: It's just not aesthetically pleasing either to see garbage all over the streets. Like.
1: Yeah. No. It's. It's not. It, it doesn't really. Uh, not a good feel just feels... feels wrong. Yeah.
0: It looks wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you walk through a park and there's bunch of garbage. You're like, okay, I'm not going to hang out here, right? Or you want to go camping and you walk 25 minutes and it's just garbage everywhere. You're like, okay, what the heck? I want to be in the, in nature, you know? Totally. But yeah, that's ultimately why we wanted to talk about externalities. Those We went camping. You're supposed to bring in what you bring out. Right. So you may come out and have these great plans for these meals or you have some weenies that are in a bag. Um you gotta bring that bag back with you though, you know? Otherwise no. uh you're you're uh, externalizing the cost of the waste. Bring a little bag for garbage. You know what I actually just remembered? Our little bag of garbage, I didn't clean up from the back of my car. And uh <laughs> I was just sitting back there I should clean that up because that's super gross. That is. I just remembered that right now. So I'll definitely get to that later on.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Some people may know this guy, Wendell Berry. It's a pretty popular guy. And so Wendell Berry says an appropriate scale is one that makes the right amount of sound. And you may be asking yourself, what is the right amount of sound? And so Berry describes a proper sound as, and I quote, one that allows other sounds to be heard. A properly scaled human economy or technology allows a diversity of other creatures to thrive. End quote. Just, ooh, just like we were camping and the people who were camping like 20 feet away from us were literally making a lot of noise.
0: Like Mitchell's like, should I? He's like in the morning, he's like, I was wondering if I should have said something to them to be more quiet. They weren't even being loud. They were being like really respectful for the amount of people they had there and they were quiet they were playing hannah montana songs like they were harmless but i just said to mitchell i was like yeah but like they probably haven't seen each other in so long and this is like they're reuniting after like you're allowed to gather in groups up to 10 outside or whatever in manitoba so they're probably like just so happy to see one another
1: obviously i love a good hannah montana song they had some some bangers from shania twain too
0: they had really good music
1: they did actually have good music and so I was like, yeah, this is great music, but I don't know that any music is great music at 3 a.m. when you're trying to sleep, you know?
0: Yeah. You had earplugs. I
1: did have earplugs.
0: Yeah. You came so prepared.
1: Well, not... I forgot the propane, so...
0: Well, besides that.
1: But anyways, we had this great time camping. Just We were just thinking about things we could talk about, and I was like, this might be a little... Maybe nobody cares about this, but it could be kind of kinda nice to, to just talk about it. Anything else you wanna say?
0: No, I hope that if you're still listening, thanks. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this podcast.
1: Yeah, check out Meditation Lake if you're in Manitoba.
0: Yeah, it's a free campsite. They don't have running water, just FYI. Um there's no bathroom.
1: Yeah. So if just you're not FYI. If you're not into that um then maybe don't go or prepare before? I don't know. It's fun. And it's not, I mean, like, you may be like, oh, going to the bathroom outside. It's it's actually kind of nice. It's what? like, you're just, you feel so free.
0: Sure. If I can do it, anyone can do That's, it. That's, yep. I never used to be able to go to the washroom outside. Like, I remember, like, long road trips, no bathroom, pullover on the side of the highway as a kid, nope couldn't like my body just wouldn't let me but now i can pee in a bush so if i can do it anyone can do it
1: if you guys were like always wonder like who mother nature is it's actually lauren lauren is mother nature
0: what no i'm not i've actually lauren's like a wilderness woman no i'm the furthest thing
1: from leafy lauren leafy lauren the wilderness woman
0: nope i'm i'm not i like hiking but i also like like running water
1: i mean running water is great
0: Like, I like to have, like, a bathroom where I can, like, brush my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Meditation Lake is beautiful. It's a great-looking campsite. It's
1: in these nice trees. And when the sun's setting, it's, like... It's really pretty. The sun is just... It just, like, kind of melts through all the different trees. Um, And it's really, really beautiful.
0: Yeah. It is. And it was fun. We had a great time with our friends. They want to go again next weekend. Uh, Not sure if we will. (laughs) still recovering
1: just kidding we were like we'll try it out and then Lauren tried it and then they were like okay so next weekend and Lauren's like ah maybe
0: yeah maybe no it would be fun I
1: couldn't do it every weekend either like I'm more of like two three times a summer like as far as like a a, like serious kind of camping like hauling stuff out
0: that's the thing it's just so much work and so much planning for one night
1: yeah except my tent my tent guys Uh, my tent everybody is uh, super easy to set up. Yeah, it was like we probably did it like five minutes.
0: Yeah, it's also um, a one-person tent. So a uh, two-person one.
1: It's officially two-person, but
0: like, there's it's two people, but you can't fit anything else in there besides the two people. And I'm small.
1: Yeah, well, I just wanted to. I was just worried that you were going to get cold, so I just wanted to make sure you know that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, and I mean,
1: say I, it. No, say it. I'm not going to tell this story. No. Say it. <laughs> no. Say it. It's funny.
0: Mitchell was farting all night. And like silent farts, you know, like you don't hear them. So then like in the middle of the night, I was so, so, so cold that I went to put the blankets under my head, over my head. And it just reeked under the blankets. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, Mitchell.
1: And I was like, you can smell those? Yeah. Like I thought they weren't stinky. Because I always do a, a quick test one just to see. And and I did a test one, and I was like, "Oh, it doesn't stink." Well, I'm just free to, I'm just free to rip, but I I wasn't free to rip. No, keep in
0: mind, like this tent, like it's squishy, like there's no room between Mitchell and I, like we're shoulder to shoulder in this tent. But yeah, like no room to fart. Anyways, all right, so we're gonna end it here. We're we're gonna
1: wrap it up talking about toots.
0: Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please let us know. Um, Make sure to also check out our Instagram, purpose underscore kitchen, where we post recipes once a week that are plant-based. And yeah, we're having a lot of fun. We've been doing some collabs, which has been really, really fun. Uh, We feel very lucky that we get to collaborate with some amazing businesses and make some cool recipes. So yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for some more collabs.
1: Yeah, and thanks to everybody who watches. Like, we really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we are loving doing this, and we hope to continue once a week. So, yeah, maybe we were slacking a bit on the podcast, but we're back.
1: Here we are. We're talking about, maybe a little bit random, but, hey, welcome to, here's ecological economics, negative externalities, just for fun.
0: Sure. Okay, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you all next week. Peace. See ya.